All right. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Random Car Guys. Myself and Heath. Is this episode three or four? Uh, I get it mixed up between the Random Car Guys and the other ones. But I, I think, think we've this done is, three. Think this, is this is four. Yeah, okay, four. cool. Anyway, compl- uh, yeah, again, good. completely different uh, area of cars. We've done good with the whole random car theme, right? Yeah, this is very, yeah. So, different on the spectrum. Definitely. I'm today. higher quality. Yes. Today's guest is Reza Karanki. Thanks so much, mate, for taking the time out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, cool office, cool space. Glad we could come here and uh, share some stories. I'm sure a lot of people follow you on social media and see you at you know, Cars and Coffee and stuff like that and see all the cool stuff that you drive, but I want to go back. I want to see where, like, you know, tell me your first car was a complete banger and all this story or whatever it is. Like, that's kind of the goal for today. And, and this is definitely, for people listening, going to be a two-part one, maybe even a three-part. We'll see how it goes. Um, but, you know, where does, I guess, the love of cars come from for you? Yeah, I mean, that, so that does start back. Um, if we go really far back, it goes to, uh, honestly, probably a, it wasn't even a Lego set. It, so I, I was born in England, and I had what I was foreign to me, a Chevrolet is what I called it, a Chevrolet pickup <laughs> truck. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, yeah. You know, yeah. That I had to put together, and it, uh-huh. was, it wasn't a Lego, it was something, something similar. Yeah. And I just... I love putting it together. And that was the first exposure to cars. And then there was a timeout button for maybe five or six years. So I moved to the U.S. when I was 11. And um, here, you know, in England, public transportation is much more of a thing. You walk to school, you don't mm-hmm. you don't drive or ride a bus. So that whole concept was relatively foreign to me. So the first thing I noticed going to school uh, was just cars everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't something that you really saw outside of teacher's cars. So um, fast forward a little bit, turn 16, a uh, good friend of mine gets a Trans Am. Uh, he gets a, a 94 white, uh, low wing, what, what they called back then, they had, it was a non-GT. Back then on the LT1 cars, the GTs were the high wings and right. they had the Firebird. I mean, you probably could have just saw the L- LT1. Yeah, LT1. <laughs> 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 I was like, which ones did you have? LT or LS? Yeah. LT, LT1 Trans Am, right? And uh, yeah. his name was Nick. And I just fell in love with that car. Um, it was also around the same time that the Fast and the Furious came out. So it uh, caused a lot of people to get confused. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got confused. So my yeah. actual first car outside of drive, so I drove um, my dad's pickup truck for you know the first six months uh, of being 16. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the six months of being 15 and a half to, to learn to drive. So I drove my dad's pickup truck for about six months whenever he let me. And I, dro- I bought a 1998 Mitsubishi Eclipse RS manual. Five-speed manual was the only thing I cared about. I got to pick between two. A I don't remember the other trim. I think it was a GS, which was... I don't think I knew this. Power before. windows, power everything, you know, a bit automatic. And I was like, no. I yeah. want the RS. I want the, the RS. That has nothing. <laughs> manual windows, 14-inch wheels, 116 horsepower, just... Going backwards down the highway. Exactly. It's going to feel fast, a, right? Got yeah. an awful exhaust on it, which is the first thing I did. I just did can mod. the Fast and the Furious yeah. thing. Um, that was rolling parking lots. Like, well, yeah, so Fast and the Furious thing, you know, kind of just... 
awful car silver um i remember going to uh, like neon uh, leds had the windshield sprayer i LEDs. did that i did that on a truck I too i was guilty yeah. of that when i was 16 pulled that. over on 39th street for those uh, apparently ford facing blue lights are illegal uh, yes they so, are yeah. yeah so anyway so i had that car for six to eight months and i was going through clutches like three of them and my dad was like learn to no drive yeah. I said I know how to drive so, so I started my first tinkering job taking the thing apart and I found I had a hole in my clutch line mm. and so I was eventually I was shifting the thing dry and it was yeah. just mm-hmm. you know it was just blowing clutches so got a new clutch line um teaching myself somewhat how to work on cars. I mean, going back now, it's two bolts in the line, but right. um, get that bubbles. fixed, get, get clutch fluid in it, bleed it. I'm like, okay, I gotta go test this thing. So 17 year old kid, 16 and a half year old kid, go on a back road, which is where I lived back then, oh, and decide, okay, I'm just gonna run this through all the gears, but I need to run it through all of them at full throttle to make sure it works. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so totally rational 17 year old 160 yeah. horsepower, 3,000 something pounds. It takes a while to get there. I'm about to say, how far a run did you get there? Two miles. So, <laughs> through a stop sign, which was, you know, and this was, I was 16, so this is statute limitations mm-hmm. is well up on the, uh, the speeding part of that thing. Right. So, anyway, go through all five gears. Right. And I'm going back towards my parents' house, which is kind of on the other side of the hill. Right. So I come back over, and um, on the other side of my parents' house is this entry road, and this truck is pulling out very slowly coming around the corner. Right. And I'm quite literally in front of my parents' house doing this in fifth gears, as loud as the thing will go. And I know that if I don't kind of move over, I'm probably going to hit the truck because the road's relatively narrow. And um, there's some gravel between the asphalt surface, my parents' grass, and, you know, so Mm -hmm. I kind of slide onto that. Wheels lock up on the the eclipse, and I spin uh, down this back road, uh, hop a what is, I guess, just a, a recess for water to run through, mm-hmm. miss a phone pole, go through a horse fence. And take. I remember, I can still see it now, looking out my passenger window, I see the glass become opaque from like breaking but not shattering. Right. It takes a pole, and I literally land right next to a horse. And I'm just... <laughs> I'm over there and I'm thinking, okay, my parents are right there. Did it, you know, one, right. what did they see? And two, am I, like, am I okay? Right. So the car's dead, turn it back on, um, and I try to go back under the horse fence. And the fence is lower than the car somehow. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how do I get out of here? Because I'm in my neighbor's yard at this point. Um, so I back it up and I just ram through it. And it was the cable, the cable that was lower. So obviously the cable raised up right. to get me through. And I just kind of pushed back through it again. Um, pull in my driveway. I have a pole dent in the side of my car. Yeah. And I go inside and I just tell my dad, hey, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm hurt. I remember that's the first thing I said. So I was thinking <laughs> that shock. will not get me in trouble if I'm hurt. Right. Yeah. So he's like, okay, let's go to the hospital. I'm like, okay. Oh, you um, and then we'll deal with you. After that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pull up to the hospital. We go to the ER. They're like, okay, it's about two hours away. I'm like, we're good. I'll take my punishment now, please. We go home, home. and my dad's like, "You're in trouble." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." So six months later, you know, six months of no driving, cars total, can't do anything with it. And then somehow, six months later, Mm -hmm. wrecking a 116 horsepower car through inspiration of Nick, I buy an LS1 Trans Am. So um, this is where I started. This is where this is where started. That's where I first started. Ninety-eight LS1 Trans Am. Yeah. Joined uh, the Central Oklahoma F Body Association, COFBA back then, yeah. and that was where just performance stuff mm-hmm. in general 
just took over. So, mm-hmm. long story in the beginning, but that was that was the beginning. And interesting. And was uh, was a wreck. Yeah, Series of wreck. Of, you know. I'm gonna be honest. I was I was worried through all that, and I was afraid it was a one two one. No, I didn't know how far no, back. Those, those <laughs> were much later and much more expensive, and, and yeah, that was. I was there for them. I, yeah, one of them. Yeah, those were much later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the beginning of it. So. Um, I can attribute so much of it to the Fast and the Furious. I think. Uh, yeah, like but, a lot of people. Yeah. You know, there was a Understand. coach at one point that told me a few years ago. He said, "You know, there's something about performance which which you like," mm-hmm. and I I would agree with that. There's something about performance and precision that just it aligns with me. I mm-hmm. like it. I don't like it when it's not there. And if I can look back in these different areas of things that I do, whether it's cars or or anything else. There's an element of performance and precision that I just like. I don't. I don't know what it is. I'm very grateful that mm-hmm. I like those things. Right. But they're in me somehow. And it can be very expensive. Yeah, it, and, it can. Uh, it and can really break your heart. It can be very expensive. But yeah. what's cool about it is it can also produce the means to support it. Which is what so, we've always talked about. Exactly. Forever. Yeah. yeah. It definitely. Does. It does push you yeah. to get some context. Is that I feel like it's always important. Interesting story. Good background, people listening. Like, you know, what, what what is the level of car guy? So let's start from the Trans Am, which I know at some point it got up to like a two, three hundred shot of nitrous and God knows what else. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so if you could do like a quick Reader's Digest of like sure. the car, the mod, the power, and then everybody's going to so be like, I actually, oh, okay. I actually kept a tally of different cars and it's something over 40 at this point, uh, which is, it's a significant amount. So I had four Trans Ams, the, the latest of which was a, you know, it was a 396 um, D1SC Pro Charger car. Uh, with a just a big stall, and it was a 1050 at 130 type car yeah. uh, in the quarter mile. Um, from that, I went to a Viper, um, ended up tur- twin turboing that car, and I did that on a thirty thousand dollar a year, you know, salary in yeah. uh, just a lot of saving, a lot of a, a lot of cheap food, yeah. and waiting to find the right car. And Do a lot of the work yourself. It, yeah, yeah, a lot of the work yeah. yourself took it. You know, once I saved up the money to get it done, it took a year in the shop just because it was taking me time to pay for things. Yeah. Um, so uh, went from the Viper, sold that uh, into uh, a 911 Turbo. Um, very light modifications there, just wheels and lowering. Went from that into my first uh, Lamborghini, uh, a, a Gallardo. That was a six-speed car, uh, relatively rare uh, at that point. Uh, went through a couple of R8s. That, uh, that one was red. Yeah, that's was when red. I first met you, and that's when I moved up here. Yeah, so it was a red car. I uh, ended up um, Ricky ended up buying it uh, in Dallas. It ended up being a twin turbo car, and, and it ran for a long time. Yeah, ran for a long time, very well. Um, and uh, so that was my first Lamborghini. Uh, I went from that into uh, a couple of R8s, um, Audi R8s. Um, a couple of Aventadors uh, from there, um, then into uh, really back into a Giardo. So I got a uh, a white six-speed Giardo. That car went to Underground Racing for the the big build, and that was technically a three R. It was one of I think two or three that they yeah. built before they called them the X versions. Uh, so that I competed in uh, the Texas Invitational. I missed one prior to that. Uh, I had a GTR that was built by T1. It was one of the really early yeah, I was telling um, big builds by T1. Uh, that car in 2012 or 13 went eights at 170 in the quarter mile, which were, it was unheard of yeah, back then, especially for a street car yeah. outside of really the AMS uh, Omega, uh, yeah. which was their project car. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so fast forward through a lot of different cars and quite a few different dailies. Uh, today I sit with uh, an Aventador, a 720S, um, a, uh, uh, I just sold um, my twin turbo Blanc paint, uh, Giardo. I still have the, the Performante and then... Um, which is I my favorite car of your lineup. Ty can't come in the car from Ontario. With gold wheels. Incredible. I have a thing for yeah. gold wheels. I have a thing for lowering cars on wheels. I don't know what it is. Uh, Constant. You know, like yeah. an HRE. Yeah. I chased HRE for a long time, and I just, for the longest time, I couldn't justify the, the cost of them. And then I got my first set, I think, used, and I remember putting them on. I was like, oh, this is... Is, is that what it is then? It's just like just wheels? purely aesthetic it's thing the, for you? No, it's the precision of it. Because uh, they're light too, it, right? It's that, but it's it's the, um, I'm almost liking it to a watch. It, okay. it is the precision of the craftsmanship of mm -hmm. it. There, I remember my first set, um, I think was on, I want to say it was on the Giardo, and I had gone from a set of ADV1s, uh, which was a relatively new company. Yeah, you were on a They were a spinoff from a company called um, 360 Forged. Yep. Uh, and I remember putting those on, like, okay, yeah, these are nice, these are cool. Uh, they were on my white twin turbo car. And then I got a set of HREs. And it's one of those things that you don't notice, like the sharpness of the edges, mm -hmm. the precision of the machine, the quality of the finish. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, I put, I, I unpackaged them. I was like, oh, I get it. That's the thing. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get it. It's almost like when you, you know. Immediately justified. It really is like a watch. It's like when you see like a, um, you know, a normal watch that you get, you know, like a, a basic Casio watch and you compare it to like a, a Rolex or something. You're like, online and in pictures, you don't see the difference. Yeah. And in the flesh, you say, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And it just stroked mm -hmm. that performance precision thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and once you get there, I mean, I did I did a lot of cast wheels just on budget, yeah. right? And you know, they're they're the the weight imbalances of them are not very strong. They're they're kind of limited in, in some of the design. And then once you know, going to forge stuff or like you know, business and personal, you're even at the level of forge is more like an entry level yeah. uh, from a guy that actually started three sixty two came out of that yeah. uh, Belgian Scott Gibson. Uh, man, it's awesome on it, and it's just the weight, and they are, yeah, they are just kind and of safety of it. I mean, really, on yeah. that that car made a little over two thousand horsepower to the tires. It was going, you know, back then yeah. just shy of two hundred miles an hour at the Texas Invitational, which back then was, I mean, that was, I think, the highest trap. I went one ninety four six. I think the highest trap speed at that event was one ninety six. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you're going two hundred miles an hour on really what is a runway, and. Mm -hmm. I, the last thing I want are wheels that break Could be, opposed yeah. to right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a safety element of it too, and there's just something knowing it's. I, just I imagine, peace of mind, man. Yeah, it, there's something to so it. You don't have peace of mind. You don't have confidence in those things, and you or you sacrifice something. Yeah. You sacrifice your ability to kind of execute and think through that. Yeah, I don't think you realize the the mental toll um, that's going through your mind on all those things, and that's just one less thing you know, to worry about, really. Mm -hmm. uh, so. So I've currently, had close calls with having sketchy safety equipment. So yeah. I'm a full believer on doing it right. Yeah. Currently, you don't have like a V8 or a muscle then. No, in the lineup, I don't. Which, which you've is, always kind of had. Which is so funny. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it, it was funny because even as a 16 and 17 year old kid, I was like, I'm an English kid in Piedmont, Oklahoma. The last thing I should have is a V8 muscle car. And there's just been something <laughs> right. about them yeah. that's attracted me. So. I have played with the idea of getting um, a, a Formula Firehawk. Just whenever I had the the Trans Am, those were the those were it. Uh, so I played with the idea of that. I've been looking loosely at Pro Touring or Resto Mod. Mm -hmm. um, 
really split window or not split window sorry split bumper Camaros uh, really? the, like 72 Camaro just totally smooth it out just yeah something just totally different but forced you know fuel injected IRS you know totally restored in the way you know you'd want it to drive today mm-hmm. but still having that there's still something to that muscle car flair and to be honest I got away with it with the Vipers for a while okay. they have yeah. that similar feel Absolutely. they have that similar muscle car front engine big engine big displacement kind of rowdy sound mm-hmm. rear wheel drive feel I got away yeah. with it with those for a while because you had a Ford GT too right I did I've had two yeah so I had um, that red one yeah I bought a grey um, a grey one from um, Bernie Katz at BJ Motors in Houston uh, it was a, a Hefner twin turbo car, a very mm-hmm. old version of it, so it was very <laughs> laggy. It was yeah. stock, you know, naturally aspirated power, boost comes on and blows the tires off. It was useless yeah. on the street, but it was yeah. really fun. Um, <laughs> I bought a red car from um, um, from Roy Katz um, at Katz Exotic, and that was bone stock. Mm-hmm. I sent that to M2K Motorsports in Houston. And that was like one of their first. Uh, early one, Bills and yeah. Stepping one out. yeah, for the streetcar stuff because yeah. they owned the mile record for a while in a okay. GT. Mark Heidecker's stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that car, we kept the factory blower. We put smaller turbos on it. Yeah, did an E85 fuel system, uh, and it was on a basic. I don't even remember what ECU it was on, but the car made a thousand wheel horsepower, thousand wheel torque on E85. I put good tires on it, and it. I mean, it dead hooked. It mm-hmm. was. That's probably one of the two or three I regret. So, yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, I still remember seeing because I used to work off of Britain and the access road, Broadway Extension North. Mm. I think you laid some unreal, yeah. and I saw them for like the next week or two after because I don't think it rained for a little a great, bit. Yeah, I still have a great video of that. Um, yeah, we were trying to Just figure drop a clutch. That was before I put good tires on it, so it was on Michelin. Well, it was on Michelin. Sport Sport Cup. You yeah. could literally see the Michelin. Like, you could see the mark in it. It was on Sport Cup 2s, and I just yeah. remember hearing people saying, these need heat to stick. So, okay, let's see how much heat yeah. we can get in these things. Yeah. So we put it in first gear, revved it up, dropped the clutch, and just did a burnout. Yeah, but that will overheat them because yeah. they overheat. And so kind of, yeah, so it did. Yeah. And then, you know, so kind of coasted for a little bit and then hit it, and it was perfect. And then after that, we put... Uh, Nito and To five R's on it, yeah. uh, which were narrower, but they they hooked. I broke some yeah. rims on those, yeah. so yeah, sticky. sticky tire. Yeah. But it worked so well, and those are Dana forty four rears anyway. Yeah. So I mean, they're strong. such a strong. What's the other car up. you regret? So you said two. Um, the Speciali. Uh, I was yeah, hoping really, you said that was one like, of my favorite cars in the world. Incredible. I mean, so I before that it was my Scuderia. So I had yeah. a yeah. four thirty Scuderia. And prior to that, one of my earlier exotics was a F430 base car, so okay. uh, non-scuderia. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting down with a good friend of mine, Andy, and we were at lunch, and this was probably three years ago, and he said, hey, which one do you miss? And I had never been asked that before, and I instantly said 430. I was like, okay, I wonder where that came from. Yeah. So that night, I looked. I was looking for 430s and Scuds, and I've always wanted a Scud, uh, and I found one. Roy Katz had it, actually. Yeah. I found one messaged him I think I bought it the next day or two yeah. uh, and then when the Speciali came out I was like oh no I want that and they did not come off sticker for I think okay. a year or two because yeah. you had the, the Scud for a while yeah so I had the Scud and the Speciali at the same time um, so I finally found a Speciali that I wanted white car black hood or black roof uh, every piece of carbon option that you could get and just fell in love with it it was everything that the Scud was with none of the sacrifices yeah. So it was an incredible car. It sounds amazing. Handles incredibly. Took it to Hallett. 
Uh, I've seen that video. Ran That's right. a really good yeah. time. I don't remember it, but I know a mm-hmm. good friend of mine has ran extremely well there. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was I I think, that, uh, yeah, yeah, half a second ahead of his it. best time. Yeah. So it was at least up until that point. So that car is incredible. Mm-hmm. And just so, if you ever You see people feel, come back to those. You see, I like they got rid of them a year ago and they come back to them. I think I will. I mean, it Especially really does like feel a, like an extension. Like a it's not too much power to where you can't use it right. on the street or Fully controllable. get, get yeah. the sound out of it. Yeah. So, you know, I could go through this office complex and not get in yeah. a huge amount of trouble yeah. just to get all the way through the rev. So, in uh, a lot of the cars now, you, you can't. So Yeah. What a, you know, manuals have always seemed to be a thing. You don't have a manual in the... No. So, the other thing that I've been entertaining is a GT3 Touring in a, in, with a manual. Please uh, do that. So, I would love <laughs> one of those. And yeah. the Taycan is kind of taking that. It was I was really deciding between the Taycan and the GT3 and just looking back and forth. I was just thinking, okay, I think the GT3s are always going to be there, so I can always yeah. get one. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm running out of room, so I am out of room. And the next step is, okay, I've got to find some Store. some building that I can... Just a warehouse. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. And start to actually keep some of the... Because when I have over four, uh, I either have to use my portico at home or just stay at four. So, um, yeah, the a GT3 Touring is one that I've wanted. But there's something about a six-speed that I feel yeah. like I need to have. In the I just love really that in the, in the Porsches and the GT3s, you can basically flat shift. Oh, yeah. Like, I absolutely... That, oh, it's just the, that was the best thing ever. The no-lift shifting was probably one of my favorite parts about TI, and that was something... I was actually yeah. really proud of myself about it because uh, we were comparing shift-speed times of the, the basically the automatic cars mm-hmm. to mine, mm-hmm. and... I was shifting on that car faster than Aventador shifts uh, in their race mode at 50 yeah. milliseconds. And flat foot shifting is just so much fun. And then your rev match shifting and yeah. all that. And the GT3s are the same as the Speciale. You can use all the power. You're not going to get in that much trouble. And they're so well done. So Yeah, that's like an interesting I dynamic. One. Where you come back to appreciate, like, you go so far chasing horsepower, right? And it's like anything stock horsepower or anything. It's just you're not yeah. boring or it's not fun or whatever. You've spent an insane amount of money on the horsepower, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, that obviously transitioned for you, but was it? And I think probably a lot of people go through that, right? It's, it's just like growing up. It happens the time you grow up, you get family. You know, you, yeah, like what transitioned it? So, yeah, like what was the transition point? <laughs> racing for you? wallets. I mean, that yeah. there was a point where I realized, okay, we're just racing whatever idiot put the most money in their car, you know, at that time, yeah. or whoever's willing to put themselves in the most amount of danger. So, mm-hmm. the thing to remember about for me about those events is they're put on by guys like us. I mean, they're not put on by professional racing right. organizations. There's no, you know, there is EMSA, there is, there is a level of uh, medical attention and fire and all that mm-hmm. stuff there for safety, but it isn't regulated. Um, you know, you're going 200 miles an hour in a car that has a safety hoop in it. I mean, in all reality, if something happens, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. You're going, you're racing cars that make more power than eight second quarter mile cars who have much more strict safety requirements. I mean, yeah. most people are doing it with a helmet on and nothing else. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, part of it was the safety aspect of it. You know, a couple of guys spun out, not at TI, but at some other events, a couple of guys spun out, you know, not too long after one guy passed away. Yep. And, you know, it's one of those things where you just realize, okay, this thing has a level of finality to it if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And I remember, again, Andy and I were having this discussion and we said, you know what? 99% of the world doesn't care. 
about yeah. two thousand horsepower. Yeah. 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 They can't even fathom it. They think uh, you're yeah. making it up. They do yeah. think you're making it up. Yeah. When you know, I remember I served on a board um, not too long ago, and I was talking about the cars and. You know, these are older guy, older successful people, and, yeah. and they they're not dumb. And you tell, yeah, the car makes two thousand horsepower. Like, okay, this kid doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about. He's talking about his best friend's dad's, yeah, you know, brother's car. What well, they're used right? to hearing all the fish yeah. tales. So yeah. back when four hundred horsepower was unbelievable exactly, for them. Exactly. Yeah, and you're going <laughs> exactly. So I think you know, one when I when you realize, okay, you're not chasing, you're not so much racing skill. Yeah. You're just racing who put the most money in the car. So you combine that with the safety the safety aspect, and you know when you start looking at fiscally, it's kind of like a hollow goal. What yeah. you could do with those resources, mm-hmm. both in contributing elsewhere, like totally independent of yourself, yeah. and then also just what other options you have with cars. You mm-hmm. know, sticking to that subject for the amount of money you put in. You, you know, because I mean, I would one to one shift. Uh, or Lamborghini, and that's a that was another car. It's a five-figure oops. Yeah, you know? I heard about and that. About Ten thousand. I mean, it's a it's a big oops. Yeah, and yeah. that happened twice. Oh, I know. And, I remember. You know, <laughs> I know how to drive a six-speed, but when but you're shifting that quick, you hit you hit that gate, and because you were it's try- gonna go one way or the other. Just remember, because you were trying to shift faster than non-mac. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's silly when you think about it. Yeah. So what, like, Maddox, like, although shifts slower, uh, yeah. apparently are much cheaper. Does anybody yeah. have that? Is that on video? The one two. One. I'm sure it is. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure someone. I, I have video Kyle of standing probably next to the track on the one that you did at that old uh, the first TX2K yeah. or TX2K oh, the, the circle TX2K. track. Yeah. yeah, I was there for that. Yeah. yeah, that was my second run in the car. It sounded awesome. Third. Like what are yeah. twelve thousand RPM? Thirteen thousand RPM. Thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A nine thousand RPM car. So <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, mechanical overrep to the moon. Okay, I put that clutch in, and it did not matter. I mean, it was just <laughs> the yeah. car. Whenever it stopped, it stopped and would not uh, turn over yeah. again. It's yeah. like, okay, this thing seized up, literally locked up. Yeah, that yeah. was a painful one. I was I so, yeah, so upset. Uh, Josh Weisman did it too. Oh, I didn't know that. Like he KO'd his motor. Oh, wait, his Evo. Like, cause it ran, lean, ran out of oil on the bank. Oh, fist bump that. That's good to know. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, oh, I, I heard, I heard 50 that something, to people, but I didn't know yeah, that happened to him. 50, yeah, fifty something pounds of boost. And he's coming around, and then so he hits it a little bit early, before the car bounced back out, mm. and it starved it and shot a rod through the bottom of it, like oh. instantly on the hit. I got videos of it too. It's nice. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. No, those are painful. But. So, complete tent, or complete like other direction. What's yeah. this take hand like? Because I've seen videos and I've had friends that work a Porsche and they've been in it and they said it, it's it's unbelievable. I first myself. I watched the so videos. I got some opinions. It it defies physics. I don't know how it does. From it. someone who's been in cars that do th- two thousand horsepower and all this stuff, like this it, is what geek. It, this is a good def- thing. It, you know, I think it's genius that the the you know Tesla and, and Porsche and all these electric guys are focusing on zero to sixty because. It's stoplight and stoplight stuff. That's what people care. That's what it's real life people fast. care about. Yeah. You know, the Taycan, interestingly enough, is almost a second slower in the quarter mile than, than a 720S, but it's half a second quicker zero to 60, which yeah. is yeah. incredible. But the car itself is just, it's one of those things where I'm trying to think of, of a comparison because the car weighs 5,200 pounds. You know, it's well over two and a half tons. That's more than a Range Rover. Uh, it makes you know 750, 730 horsepower. So it makes you know. So my 720s weighs just shy of 3,000 pounds. Yeah. So you take the 720s plus a, you know another 70 percent of a 720s, and you've got a Taycan in the weight. Mm-hmm. They make similar power, and the thing goes half a second quicker, zero to sixty. The yeah. Taycan. It's just incredible. So what it you know it really does feel like 
you know, I always remember as a kid, I was like, oh, you know how cool it'd be to take a tank back to ancient Egypt? You would just own the whole thing. <laughs> it, it feels like that because it feels yeah. like, you know, you're driving through everything that you're used to. You, you know, so I, there's a, uh, uh, like an underground parking lot here, like in this building. Yeah. And the Taycan is genius in one thing that I do not like about the Teslas is they don't make any sound. Zero. Yeah. And it's just weird. As a as a car guy, you want sound. You want not just for the experience of the it's sound. mechanical you sound. need the reference. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you need the, the reference, reference is of a big speed, deal, yeah. you know, and, and RPM and stuff. And the Teslas don't have that. And I remember uh, when I first drove the Taycan, it's like, I was almost upset because I remember driving an M3 a couple of years ago and went to go drive it and it sounded really good. And then we hit it under a bridge and it sounded like garbage. An I3? Uh, an, M- an M3. Oh, an M3. And okay. I just remember asking the guy, hey, is this synthetic sound? And he said, yeah, it's synthetic. We pumped through the speakers and yeah, so okay, echoed underneath the bridge and that took over the synthetic sound. I'm like, okay, that's Done. garbage. So yeah. I was so disappointed that it was synthetic sound. So I go drive the Taycan and it makes this like, yeah. type sound and it's just you can hear videos it's pretty cool yeah and it sound and I, I remember asking the guy almost uh, like tensed up and I was saying I said is this synthetic and he said no it's a magnified gear wind from the transmission because you can hear it outside yeah right? that's actually you know, that, that is essentially opened up yeah because you can option it on and off and that's why I was concerned because you know it comes on yeah. and you, you can go completely silent so the actual driving experience of the thing is so much better than, you know, I've Tesla. driven, I've driven a, you know, a lot of different Teslas. Uh, a good friend of mine had one of the very early ones. Um, I mean, I rode around with him in 2011, I think, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing handles like it weighs 3,000 pounds. It stops like it weighs 3,000 pounds. It goes like it weighs 3,000 pounds with the same power. It... I remember I watched a review by Chris Harris and he said it has yeah. no business doing what it does. Yeah. yeah. And he's absolutely right. Like I remember um, Jeremy Clarkson saying it's like they put they put witchcraft in and then it goes. And that's just how <laughs> yeah. the thing is. It yeah. is it's mind blowing. It it I don't. I don't really know. How to explain. It. I'm really. I'm speechless. Well, it's, it it's a it. direct drive. It really is because yeah. when you talk about the way that it puts down power, it's not that they figured out a more you know they have better software yeah. design. I mean, in a way they did because yeah. they coded in how yeah. the motors go, and you have a motor on each individual mm-hmm. wheel, and so you measure things in a in yeah, much more of a rear wheel steer. Yeah. Um, you know, Porsche's you know chassis control. I mean, it is. That's like when I mean Tesla showing up and what they did is amazing, and they've refined that, and I mean. Elon's wild, and that's probably why they've taken the track they have. But you know, it's like when Porsche shows up. I think that's what maybe what uh, Chris said. He was like, you know, when Porsche shows up to the party, yeah. that's something that you want to pay attention to. It's because huge. they are doing a lot of that better, and it does. And I think what's Porsche's better. mandate? Everything electric by twenty. Yeah. 20, so yeah. the yeah. Boxer, the Spider, the nine eleven. Um, no, nine eleven is not supposed to. It's supposed to be like they're saying everything. everything, but everything by, like, because I think yeah. it does coincide to to you know, the UK yeah. just moved uh, their mandate back yeah, five years right. that. It, you know, they're penalizing all pet. Well, actually, it's illegal. No petrol or, or um, diesel cars. Which is such after nonsense. After 2035, which is does carbon, does carbon monoxide not feed plants? Um, we carbon could, dioxide does. Carbon that's monoxide what I meant. Carbon dioxide yeah. is what I meant to say, not monoxide. Yeah, carbon, yeah, dioxide. carbon dioxide would. Carbon monoxide, no, I'm pretty sure it right. kills everything. Well, but, um, I was hoping for it. Yeah, no, it, which, kind of what I love about it, though, and even the, the Tesla side of things is... Uh, Elon said a long time ago. He said the whole function of Tesla is to is to fast forward battery adoption in cars. That that was the function of it, and yeah, I think yeah. he's done that. Yeah. Because if you look yeah, at sure. it now, there's an all electric mini. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's 
Um, golf. All these, you know, the, yeah, the, you know, the golf, the, yeah. the Hummer. A lot. I mean, you just hybridization yeah. is, is on everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny because it's like um, I remember talking to uh, a futurist. Uh, so I spent you know a couple of years with Tony Robbins, and, and he had some really exclusive speakers come to a very small group of people. And I remember talking to him, and it, it reminds me of this electric thing. And he was saying, yeah, in the future, we're going to have all these robots to do all these mundane tasks that people don't want to do. And people will really just be able to do what they enjoy. Yeah. And... I remember going to him after I said, hey, what is the likelihood that the robot idea is the middle ground and what actually happens is genetic engineering to produce, mm-hmm. you know, organisms to do these things? Yeah. He said, he said, yeah. He's like, we don't talk about that much because it's weird. But he said, yeah, you know, in the future, you'll probably have some organism that vacuums the floor and, and like poops, poops um, like... Um, uh, like a scent or something that you like, whatever yeah. you know. It's, it's like um, uh, like a Febreze type, you know, organ, whatever. Yeah. And it's how I thought about hybrid. Like hybrid, I think is just this middle ground between yeah. between the typical, you know, ICE internal combustion stuff yeah. uh, into what is full electric. The interesting yeah. part is how do we handle. How does the electric grid hand, how does the electric grid handle it? Yeah. How do we do charging? What I like about the Taycan is is it has the ability the charging cool network is in there. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. eight minutes to eighty percent once the charging networks can support the right kind of current that it needs. Mm-hmm. So well, and also it'll give you full power whenever you want it to. Yeah. Right. Well, Not like the Tesla so is just like oh we got you know to where the batteries have to be hot for it to be able to charge efficiently. It's only a two hundred and fifty, and you hook it up to a Tesla that's like the three fifty, mm-hmm. but it can it still took like fifty minutes to charge eighty percent of it. The, the Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. It needs. Um. I think it needs. I think it's rated at six fifty. Uh, is what it can take. Uh, they're just, just off the one video the, yeah the charger sure. I just don't believe that they don't have the charging the battery technology is there yeah. the charging technology isn't there it's what the, the, they were sharing yeah. so ideally I think ultimately 8 minutes in um, for 80% charge is what they were shooting for yeah. once the charging tech catches up and they, I think they said it will be 2 or 3 years behind the actual car Yeah. so it could be crazy uh, yeah, because you get it in eight minutes and you start taking, and then as long as you have that infrastructure, because where people will still say that the Tesla wins is the supercharger network, right? Well, yeah, so is, Tesla owns the supercharger network. You cannot charge. You know, you yeah. have the Electrify America network, which you can use. That's what they were, That's what they did. They Electrify, Electrify America, America yeah, but yeah, the Tesla's is exclusively theirs. Yeah, uh, you cannot use it. I'm sure at some point. In the future, we'll have a charging lane on the highway that charges like your phone does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, right now, hopefully it doesn't create a bunch of tumors in everyone that's driving. But Yeah, yeah. I, I go back and forth. I've been in some Teslas, and I think it's neat. But it, I guess I see me, maybe I'm just joking around myself, that I'd like to have a mix. You know, because yeah. if, if they really do say, if, if regulation is going to push this to where mm-hmm. electric does take over, and because I have a need for the new and whatever, I'm going to have to go for that, yeah. right? It's, it, it is what balance, because I don't want to replace. Saying that now, it's easy to say, but I kind of want to replace the engine. I'm going to drive a 600 horsepower yeah. supercharged truck as a daily. Yeah. Like, I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to remain an idiot as long as I can. It's a challenge for me because I, I do have, you know, it's the same way I feel about V10 F1. Like, I love the the V10 era of Formula One. Yeah. And we've got this V6 hybrid We're going to get in trouble if you start talking Formula One because that'll I go know. on a whole yeah, other tangent. We can cover hybrid era. And I, I feel the same thing about electric cars in that am I cheating? You know, I feel like I'm cheating on someone. Well, Formula E is garbage. Like Formula E is <laughs> garbage, and I, you know, it, yeah, yeah. The, the worst part is they take you know Formula One drivers from before, so it's just like okay, this is clear. This is just a second rate. It's like the XFL. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's like powderpuff football, really. More. Did you talk about electric cars? Did you see the recent announcement from the Nikola Motor Company that have partnered with? Uh, 
heavy D trucks. I did, and I think it's really funny they took Nikolai Tesla's first name to name it. Yeah, and, and, uh, I mean he's a troll. With Tesla with the but, truck guy, you know the whatever his name is. So this Diesel is one Dave. of those things when it comes to those. It, it's funny because that's happening in a bunch of different industries where guys are coming out of nowhere. It's happening in the supercar industry too. Where you've got yeah, it looks crazy, honest, and it looks like a tundra to me. At the same it does, time. yeah. Dodge of a tundra, um, Nikola Motor Company so on Instagram. I, just, I love, I love the name because it's just it's, it's just brilliant. Brilliant. It's it's troll, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's troll. But it you know it happens with supercars too because you have all you know if you rewind what fifteen years ago, twenty mm-hmm. years ago, you have Ferrari, Lamborghini, just a few options, and who else? I mean, I don't really know who else. Well, Aston, you, you still, I mean, you had the Koenigsegg intro. You still had. But a, who, uh, who were the primary? Who Noble. Were, who were the ones when we were growing up? Those it were like the brands. Ferrari. Ferrari, Lamborghini. Was oh yeah. Else? Yeah. Maybe Lotus. Audi maybe. came out with the R8, and that was it. Yeah, Audi Lotus, the R8. Lotus. You thought it was a supercar when you were in America, but mm-hmm. I think if you were in the UK, no one gave a shit. You realized, oh, yeah, yeah. realized where it actually no slotted in. It yeah, just may, looked like maybe a supercar. TVR, like but they, you know, they, yeah, TVR is just like just like TVR is like the Alfa Romeo bike. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Right? Right? TVR like goes See, to you all and turn signals and says, "Okay, cool. This is now." What's cool about ten or fifteen years ago about the TVRs and the Nobles is that there were only a few people that were nuts enough or had the ability to provide that and even be able to sell. Built in a shed, video. didn't they? Yeah. Someone's yeah. back shed. Yeah. Quite literally, they would go get a turn signal from a truck, yeah, yeah, and they would just put it on and say, "Yeah, it's good." Or they would just make a headlight, yeah, and just hope that. Is it? it <laughs> is it like the? They wouldn't even get homologated or anything. No. They would just. And more, I mean, Morgan uh, make cars out of wood, yeah, like, and they look yeah. great too. Quite literally, so, so yeah. So I mean, so so then you look now, and it's kind of what's happening in the electric car. You know, you yeah. have. Uh-huh. All these different. I mean, what's what's the Dubai company that makes the um, uh, W Motors? Yeah, yeah, w, w Motors. Yeah. yeah, W Motors. You have you have Koenigs, like You have um, what's the one that Top Gear? Uh, Richard Hammond wrecked. Um, the Rimac. Yeah, Rimac. The Rimac. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. all these manufacturers coming out of. Pagani, I mean, you know, that's probably the most yeah. legitimate one of all it, of them. Yeah, yeah, and he likes, you know, he sucked his niche. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to create extremely overpriced pieces of art. Yeah, yeah that. I mean, and different. he led the way in carbon fiber manufacturing. True. I mean, yeah. I think he was the one that actually went and bought an autoclaw for Lamborghini on his own yeah. money. When he yeah. was at Lamborghini. And when he was at yeah. Lamborghini to force them to use yeah. carbon fiber. So yeah. he, he really pioneered carbon yeah, fiber in sure. the automotive world. But mm-hmm. outside of him, it's kind of what's going on electric. Like now, I think because of social and yeah. graphic design everything you can I mean we can go pay a graphic designer we're going to build this truck it's going to make this much power we're going to use these back and you can go get deposits people Mm -hmm. have been spending money and funding much it's crazy it's it's crazy (laughs) I think it's it's it's, yeah it's what's cool about Rimac too is the way that he's gone on the business back end you know because what did VW just buy I love the concept too is incredible yeah but he just sold he developed all that you were talking about developing a company like Tesla did to push it he literally Tech, right? yeah, yeah, he developed the best battery tech, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then Porsche and everything. Everybody or VW group bought it all. Yeah, well, that so. makes sense because I know that um, because I know that they were talking about you know better cooling technologies mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and the heat and everything. Because back to the yeah. Taycan, the Tesla, it's almost like the Aventador versus the the Porsches. Yeah, the Aventador, you cannot launch control uh, more than a few times before you get an overheat warning. Yep. You know, the GT3s because I had a, an Aventador and a GT3 at the same time. And I remember they had written an article, and they had literally launched a GT3 a thousand times in a row, yeah, yeah. and fault. zero faults. Yeah. The Aventador three or four, and it says, "Hey, you won't let you do it anymore." Yeah. 
the Teslas are the same. The Taycan, I mean, they say you can go to that thing that the batteries are dead. Yeah, yeah Tesla will it's overheat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the incredible. Porsches, yeah. So yeah. it's cool to see when you have someone like Volkswagen Group get in on that bandwagon. We're gonna make up and for, what the, can for the diesel debacle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, move. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, listen. The funny thing about Dieselgate is I think they made plenty of money during it. So whatever. Yeah, I still landed just great. Yeah. So they're just gonna make an SUV for everything. Cover the books the, on the back end. Good the thing that's cool about the about these big guys getting in, and it goes back to what Elon said about just pioneering battery technology for vehicles uh, and, and just adoption in general, is what Tesla has done, especially early on with the resources or lack thereof, yeah. is freaking incredible. And the guy's got a $400 million loan for almost yeah. going out of business, what, 10 years yeah, ago? And all he's really that. trying to do is go to Mars. That's yeah. Legit, all he yeah. really cares about. Have you read that book that they wrote, the guy wrote about him? Uh, his autobiography? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ashley Vance, I yeah, think, uh-huh. wrote it. Yeah, I read yeah. it just over Christmas, and he yeah. was saying, like, uh, the one thing I took from it, and it's typical, like especially with the naming things, is he tried to m- trademark... Uh, Model, model E, e yeah. right? Do you yeah. know this? Yeah. So he's the Model S, he's the Model S, the Model yeah. X, the Model Y. Right. Maturity level. Maturity level, yes. right? <laughs> there's, there's an ES. <laughs> That's the only reason. And then, was it Ford wouldn't let him have the E yeah, or whatever so, it was? Yeah, Ford, yeah, yeah. Ford had the Model E yeah. for their electric prototype because, you know, yeah. Model S, yeah. E, X, and Y, and yeah. you would have had you know, like, the just, just a funny guy. But yeah, I think that's. Uh, um, that's yeah. yeah I, thought it's, it was, I thought that was really funny. It's a good book, but it's an incredible book. It's one it of is. my favorite. You know, I actually gave that to a friend of mine mm-hmm. who ha- who doesn't care about cars. Doesn't you know? He doesn't really care about any of this stuff. And he said, "Yeah, anybody can read it. Read. Yeah, it's really." If you're into like Elon and all that, uh, Garrett Reisman, which was a astronaut. And then he now is like basically Elon Trinhead man, does a lot of the SpaceX stuff. Mm-hmm. He has a great inside kind of like clearing up stuff because, you know, Elon was on the podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So there's a lot of topics that came up from that. And then yeah. everybody's really interested because I think they got to see a little bit more behind the scenes minus the weed part. Um, but Garrett kind of has this whole take of kind of the closest, I guess, to him of just kind of explaining stuff. Yeah, it was interesting. I was talking is. about like what his real intentions are, what yeah. he really cared about Tesla and, and really yeah. how his priorities work. You know how he gets so into something. It, it was interesting. It, it made a lot really more sense than listening to him on that podcast. If you look at, it's really cool, actually. If you um, look at interviews with him and other people, he is very emotionally committed to what he's doing. Oh, 100%. Because you saw yeah. the he, gets, I think he, gets, 16, he literally pours himself into was whatever's right in front of him. Yeah, he's, Neil Arm, yeah. They were talking about Neil Armstrong and and you know, wasn't really a and fan he's of what crushed he was, by he was, it. Yeah, he was yeah. crushed. I mean, these are his childhood heroes. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. just denouncing what he was doing so yeah. what I love about even I've seen a number of different interviews with him of failure and stuff like that about what his take was on it and it's so freeing to hear the guy's mentality around not just Tesla but SpaceX and uh, and Solar City and all that because it really is if it doesn't work in his mind hopefully it inspires someone else to go yeah. carry the torch mm-hmm. and yeah it's interesting it's it's pretty incredible and the gigafactories I mean what the guys went up to is yeah it's crazy mind blowing yeah uh I think that's a good place to finish part one. Great. We're uh, we only touched on a few things. I'm sure in part two we'll touch on a few other things and yeah, we both share some more of the story. We, we have a giant list of stuff. No, yeah, uh, two topics down. So awesome. Well, uh, yeah, for everyone listening, we'll uh, pick this up in part two. Catch Perfect. you in a bit. Thanks. Later.